organising the private pie but don't want the hassle of cooking for it all yourself? Have you got a corporate event booked but not sure where to start looking in regards to catering? It's okay. Sweet as a nut has got this. Run by a husband and wife team, Sweet as Nut Catering are an experienced wedding events catering company based in Ferndale with over 25 years of experience. Whether it's a barbecue that you're after or a hog roast, Sweet as Nut Catering will work with you to create something that you and your guests will love and remember. Pop an email to sweetasnutcatering at hotmail.co.uk or check out the website at www.sweetasnutcatering.com Sweet as Nut Catering, it's what we do. Life is like a roller coaster here in Sheffield. Leo Spatchler's wooden spoons, it's a chef blow. He might make history, yo, some people would disagree. It's chef tales, woohoo. Kitchens, they can be scary. You know, you could fucking slip on some dairy. Oh, yo, look, there goes Mary Berry. Chef tales, woohoo. Every day he's out there making chef tales, woohoo. These are genuine, real tales. None of them include the ape Gareth Bale. Or even GC, the fat annoying fucking whale. It's Chef Tales. Woohoo! Every day he's out there making Chef Tales. Woohoo! Hello and welcome to the Chef Tales podcast. It is me, it's me, it's me, oh, Maddie Boy, Bombhead, MJ, PJ, Matthew, John, Philip, Jones, son, brother, father, husband, chef, podcaster, professional ranter. Back with another episode, a bit earlier than uh, usual, but don't complain, for God's sake. Um, we did a couple of tastes this week, which went down really well. And one of the last questions that was asked was, what's been your worst experience? And that was put to me by the thespian, um, who's, um, yeah, I don't know, I haven't looked at all of his, um, we haven't Facebook stalked him or anything like that, but he put that to me and, Obviously, <clears throat> the last episode where we had loads of guests being rude um, and I reeled off basically what was said to me and that pissed me off. He laughed um, and uh, said that he's seen all different sorts in his game. Charlotte then added, um, because we also have young girls of 15 helping us, we, wouldn't, we don't tolerate anything being said to them, anyone being inappropriate, anyone being inappropriate. That's when I popped up and and added, pedo on table seven. Damn. It got a laugh, so I was happy. Gym talk. I got a PB, personal best, with my bench press. Woohoo! I felt like I was stuck on 70 kilos for a while, and that was, well, that was two years ago when I was doing it. Solid, obviously. Solid. Um, the other day, though, they went up and down. 75 kilos, that is, for eight reps. Get in. Now it's time to try my 90% one rep max. See how many I can get, and then I'll have the max that I can lift for one rep. That was the first time that I've done a five-day push-pull leg routine. Again, in two years. And it felt fucking good, and I'm pleased with myself with that. Really pleased. So to beat my personal breast bench press, bleh, felt amazing. I did tell Dave, the 80-year-old legend, that I would try and get to the gym three times a week. Since going back, it's been five times uh, a week solid, and I'm happy with that as well. I felt that I've done enough with the hit classes, um, 
and needed to get back into weight training again. I've missed that so much. Um, we do have a WhatsApp group at the gym and there's around eight of us on there. I asked if anyone fancied doing a session with me and a couple of ladies were up for it. That's cool, I thought. Next thing I know, I was supposedly running a class by know-it-all. I just laughed it off. I just messaged to see if anybody wanted to come and train and that's cool. If nobody wanted to come and train, then, you know, that's that's fine. Um, I'll just crack on with it myself, stick my earbuds in and listen to some hip-hop. I'm happy either way. I'm not there to turn up in a tight vest either and look at and grunt or fucking sound like a bear after every rep either. I just want to get myself back into shape. Simple as that, you know. If people want to come in and train with me, great. They have weekly challenges in the gym. And another legend, Ahmed, this guy is on another fucking level. Dead hanging for three minutes, or three and a half minutes, I think it was. Planking for ten fucking minutes. Ten minutes! Two and a half minutes, I think I've ever got. Maybe three. I said to him, I saw that you had a top of the leaderboard again. I bet you didn't even try. <laughs> this guy is 76. Amazing. And I'll take my hat off to him and Dave because these guys, like I said before, they're an inspiration to us all. I also did hip thrusts this week. I think that I may have tried them once before. They can fuck right off. Fuck off with that shit. They, there, there was four of us doing these hip thrusts. I was with the nice one who is actually my landlord at the unit. And know-it-all one and two. I said that we should grab some tens. No, immediately both know-it-alls went and grabbed four 25-kilo plates. Okay, here we fucking go. But we all did 90 kilos for 10 reps. So hip thrusts can fuck off as far as I'm concerned. I'm not a fan. I have seen a, a, a different variation of hip thrusts, which... Totally not the way with a Smith machine, which I would give that a go, but the other ones, nah. I only went and forgot my mum's birthday. Damn. Yep, I know, Gordon, that, that, is, that it is. I take the piss out of my mum about getting mine wrong for years because of the due date, etc. And then I go and end up fucking forgetting hers. What a dick. I was just walking through Tesco's with her as we were catching up and I stopped and I said, oh, Shit, I forgot your birthday. I'm so sorry, Mum. My mum doesn't care. She knows how busy we are, but that's not the point. Charlotte had COVID again last week, and it was quite bad. I had said to her, now, I just need to grab something for my mum, because it's her birthday, and that was as far as it got. Mum saw the funny side of it, though. Talking about the dreaded C word, yes, as you probably guessed it from the title of this episode, I have COVID again. Damn, damn, damn. Yeah. All classes for me cancelled. I'm tempted to try and get make room and get a push session in my home gym. Charlotte would go fucking apeshit at me though, but I would still try and get in, nevertheless. Sports talk. Tyson Fury's performance the other week. Considering, and I'm in the early stages of COVID as well. This is why I thought I'd try and get this one out before I sound really like rough as a badger's ass. Tyson Fury's performance the other week. Considering before the fight, he was giving it the big and about fighting music on the 23rd of December after the fight, he was asked about fighting him again. I'll go home, have a good rest, and think about it. That was shite, but anyway. He needs to because 
it wasn't good at all. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. The whole build-up, it was a load of bollocks, I won't lie. I was I fell asleep during that fucking mini-concert. Um, but there was no need for that. It was just... Panning to celebrities in the crowd. Eminem's there. Woohoo! Mark Calloway, a.k.a. The Undertaker. He was ringside with Gomez. I mean, Vince McMahon. He's not The Undertaker anymore. He's the fucking caretaker. I mean, Vince McMahon, jet black hair, fucking Tash. In his 80s. Mate, come on, man. What the fuck are you doing? Damn! Anyway, all that shit beforehand. There's just no need. All we want to see is what we've paid for. Well, some people. It's the boxing match. The presenters thanking his, elect- his excellency. If they didn't, uh, they're there. They'd be beheaded or their hands chopped off, for sure. But Stevie Wonder must have been one of the judges as he had Fury winning by three rounds. Listening to the commentators, former boxers, and they all had it as, you know, the guy having his first professional fight, clearly winning. And he was. But did did uh, Fury properly train for this fight? Did he underestimate his opponent? I think one of the two is possibly correct because he didn't get a look in. In regards to hurting Francis, uh, Uzi would be licking his lips after seeing that performance. And rightfully so. Cricket World Cup. Well, cut long story short, England will wank. What the fuck has happened there? The first of it came to Afghanistan. Never even knew they had a fucking cricket team, to be honest, but totally humiliated. Now... As you guys know, I love hearing from my listeners. And the comments I get, like, you're hilarious. I I don't know whether they're these people are being serious or not. On Spotify, I've added to the latest episodes a question like, what did you think of the latest episode? And I've put polls in there as well. Look out for it next time. Abby, who I've mentioned before, is a PT at the gym. She messaged me and said, I'll follow your podcast. Oh, shit, I thought. It's X-rated, I replied. There's a lot of F-bombs and the odd C-bomb. Thanks for listening, anyway. Abby also makes amazing wedding cakes and birthday cakes. The Cake Cabin. Check it out. Damn, damn, damn. Damn indeed, Mr. Ramsey. This has come in from Instagram. It's a little serious then. Here we go. How or why did you decide to become a chef in the first place? By the way, awesome podcast. Keep it up. Hi, Laurie. Thank you for your and your fellow students for listening and for your question. Well, what a cool career, I thought. I think that also Chris Brind, who was my mum's partner for 15 years until he passed away, had a massive influence on me being a chef. I started off as a kitchen pool, as you guys know, as most of us chefs do, um, seeing the chefs doing service and thinking, I want a piece of that action. I want to fucking do that. That looks, that looks cool. Even at an early age, I'm not sure what age exactly, but I showed interest because, um, but because I was like helping setting up the dinner table at home you know, for the play settings, etc. Pretty sure that was when my dad was alive. Sunday roasts were a big thing in my house. I know that much. It was the only day that my dad had day, a day off and we'd have family over to visit and there'd be joints of gammon and roasties. And for afters, there'd be a lemon meringue pie, a chocolate gatto, maybe a viennetta. There was always a viennetta at fucking Christmas. None of these desserts were made, homemade by and you, I know that. But the effort that went into the main course there was yeah it was a big deal my dad was a good cook mum and dad would always take turns in doing dinner now chris my mum's partner after my dad had passed away he was also a good cook he took great pressure in whatever he made and you could tell that i remember the first time that we cooked together he bought me a cleaver and we did a stir fry now okay i might get 
some shit for this, but cooking should never be a chore, in my opinion. You should enjoy it. It should be fun. I like blaring out music, usually in my gym, in my gym, in my in my kitchen, where it's a bit of Fozzie. That's the heavy metal band, and not the waka waka waka. Fozzie Bear from the Muppets. Or some Queen, or obviously some hip-hop. I'm fortunate, of course, because it's my hobby. I love doing it. Only up until recently, have we finally got a dining table back at our... Back, yeah, our back in, in our house. Because you couldn't see it because it was full of fucking catering stuff. For me, it's a big deal. That's, you know, family time. Family sit down, you have breakfast, lunch and dinner together. It's, it's what I remember from being a child. Obviously, it's not always going to happen, though, because I could be at a function, for example. But I think that it's important, instead of the kids having the food up in their bedrooms, interact, find out what's going on with the, with the day, etc. Enjoy each other's company. What I love about being a chef, I've said it before and I'll say it again, you never stop learning in the kitchen and that is the truth. There is so much to learn as well. It could be a different technique that someone has shown you how to make something or simply trial and error. The first time I made a panna cotta, around 15 years ago, a friend had given me their recipe. I made a batch up, um, but I'd made more than what I needed so then I could try it. Once I did try it, I thought the flavour was there, but... It looked like it could collapse at any second. I didn't want a vanilla puddle on the plate. So I then took them all out of the Dario moulds, added half a leaf of gelatine to the mix, obviously warmed it up and um, dissolved it, etc. Waited for three hours and it came out, bang on. I did think to myself, was that my mate giving me a test to see if I would try it beforehand? I know that I say that I'm afraid of failure, but you have to fail sometimes in order to learn. In my time... As a chef, I fucked up many times. I do mean many. Hey, I burnt fried rice three times on the fucking trot. For some unknown reason, I couldn't fucking cook it that day. Hence, where the Fifty Shades of Rice quote came from yours truly. Of course I was annoyed with myself, but I was wetting, I was pissing myself. Seeing my father-in-law put burnt rice into the bin. It must have been, a, it was a sack of fucking rice. Probably 15 kilos I'd fucked up. Bang, bang, bang. Three, three times five kilos in the bin. You know, forgetting to put a timer on for things, undercooking something. The thing is, once you've done it and failed, yes, you're annoyed with yourself and you might curse, but you realise, you know, and you're right, and you're like, I know what I've done wrong here, and that's not happening again. Apart from when you cook, when I cook rice, of course. That Only that time now, I'm fine now. <laughs> I've been fine, it's, it's been a running joke, oh, is he going to cook rice? I'm fine now, obviously, for fuck's sake, I just don't know what happened there. Being able to create some of the people to enjoy is the best thing in the world. I can't stress that enough. You should always taste your food as well. I don't mean right at the end either, because you should taste the flavours developing in a dish. Always taste, and then you'll know if you need a touch more butter, a bit more cream, some more seasoning. I love cooking seafood, fresh fish from the, from the fishmonger. <laughs> Around the same time, 15 years ago, I'd never tried Dover Soul before. I'd cooked fucking loads of them, but I'd never actually tried it. So I bought mine. I bought one, prepped it at home. It took me an age to peel the skin off the fucking thing as I couldn't get a good grip as I had recently broken my thumb. All right, all right. I finally did it and just cooked it with some fresh herbs, lemon and butter. It was fucking lovely. When we were on our boat, me and my mum and Chris, this is 20 odd years ago, just going back to memories. We'd go out as much as we could and it was fucking amazing. When we went out one time, I caught a decent-sized bass. A few hours later, 
I prepared it, scoured and gutted, filleted and cooked it for me and Chris. All that me and my mum can remember is his words was that bass. As he, <laughs> as he would say after I you know, cooked it. But you know, it's things like that, you can just it's just memories, isn't it? I bought myself a fishing rod and reel recently as I've been I haven't been fishing since Chris had passed away. Oh shit, twelve years ago. Yeah, twelve years ago. Mum goes regularly with her partner Pete, um, lake fishing. Luke joins now and again. I will do next year. As you guys know, I love cooking desserts. It's the end of the meal. I want to make sure people remember it for the right reasons. Having my lemon posset being called orgasmic, well, I didn't know how to reply to that one apart from thanks. I do use tried and tested recipes for desserts that I've picked up along the way for obvious reasons. I know that they work. Unfortunately, in the 25 plus years of cooking, I've had three recipe books because a pair of cunts obviously threw the other ones away. Damn, damn, damn. So I've lost a good amount of recipes in that time, but I've also remembered a lot just by memory. Funny that. I have tried out new recipes and altered them, you know, like banana sticky toffee pudding, for example. I pureed a banana instead of uh, chopping it up and fold it into the mix. I made churros for the first time around three years ago, which was for a function. The first batch I wasn't happy with. It was far too wet. The second batch, though, I was bang on. Coated in cinnamon sugar and dipped in chocolate sauce. Fucking yum. My chocolate brownie as well. Now, I've had a wedding proposal by a guy at a wedding recently because of that. Fuck me. That was one, that was one, one bride said to us at a wedding taster. It's gooey. There's chocolate bits inside it. It's fucking delicious, hot or cold. So fish, meat, pasta, vegetarian, dessert. There's nothing that I don't really like to cook from. There, you know, I can't really say anything like that. No, no, I don't like doing it. So, recipe-wise, I've been asked to, to give out recipes. And so, my chocolate brownie one is... I, I did feel I was a bit reluctant to do this because I don't want to sound like Nigella and, you know, make this sound sound all sexy. But anyway, chocolate brownie recipe. Preheat the oven to 180 degrees. 275 grams of unsalted butter. 115 grams of cocoa powder. Those two you want to melt together. Pan of simmering water, you know, metal bowl or bowl on top, and just let that melt gently. 450 grams of caster sugar, four eggs, whisk them together. If you've got a mixer, whisk the fuck out of them. Create enough, loads of air. 115 grams of plain flour, sifted. One to two tablespoons of vanilla essence. 225 grams of dark chocolate, at least 55%. Um, and you can, obviously, if you're all right with nuts, have roasted hazelnuts chopped 115 grams so you've melted the chocolate the cocoa powder and your butter you whisk you whisk the eggs and the sugar you fold in you whisk in your um your cooled butter and uh, cocoa powder mix in, into the uh, sugar mix you fold into the you fold into that your flour gently um then you fold in your dark chocolate which is so it's not melted it's just chucked in just without melted without melted without melting it <laughs> fucking hell see i knew this wasn't a good idea um yeah and then if you put nuts in put them in as well and obviously your vanilla essence you put it into a lined tray of parchment 
and bake it about 15 to 20 minutes until you see a, there's a, it'll have a slight crack on the top of it. <laughs> oh, dear. Vanilla panna cotta. So, 200, this, so that, that brownie mix will, oh, about nine pieces. Probably, well, it depends how, how big you're going to go for, really. Vanilla, and obviously after you've cooked it, you let it cool down. You put that, you know, put it into the fridge after it's cooled down. Portion it up after that, after it's chilled, etc. Um, and then, yeah, if you have it either hot or cold, you know, pinging it for 20 seconds. The only time I'll use a microwave is if I'm doing something like pinging it for a dessert or... But yeah, anyway, vanilla panna cotta, 250ml of whole milk, or if you can get hold of goat's milk, try it with goat's milk, 250 grams of double cream, 100 grams of caster sugar, two and a half leaves of gelatine, one vanilla pod. Not um, not the essence, essence for the brownie, but that's it. Um, so basically, uh, first thing you do is you would... Soften your gelatine, so you put that in some cold water, not like loads, just enough just to submerge it for about 10 minutes until it's all soft, so it's softened. And you, you make sure that there isn't any little tiny little bits that are still hard. Put your milk, cream and sugar and vanilla into a pan and then basically bring it up to the boil. Stir it, stir it a few times just to make sure that the sugar dissolves. But you bring it up to the boil and then you... Stir in your gelatine. You don't want to whisk it. If you whisk it, you'll you'll create air and bubbles and froth, and you don't, you don't want all of that. So, once you've stirred it in, stirred in your gelatine, you then pass it to make sure that you, there isn't any little bits of gelatine that hasn't dissolved, and then you put it into dairy molds. Now you could put you could infuse it and you know bring this up to the boil, leave it for half an hour. And then bring it back, is in the mix, and then bring it back up to the bowl, and then do the, the whole gelatine. But I just made it like that. Put it into dairy molds, straight into the fridge, three hours at least, and then once you want them, dip them into hot into hot water, give them a little shake, and Bob's your uncle. Let them pass it. Let them pass it. The orgasmic dessert. Four hundred fifty grams of double cream. One hundred fifty grams of caster sugar. Two lemons, whole. Two whole lemons. Uh, Zeus, Zeus, zest and juice. <laughs> if you can get hold of Zeus for your lemon posset, then sweet. That'll, that'll make it even better. Give it a bit of zing. And what I do with the um, lemon posset is basically putting it all in one pot, a thick bottom pot. Um, bring it up to the boil, but stir it as well. Stir it gently. Um, and then... Let it simmer for a couple of minutes just to reduce down. You can pass it, but I don't bother with that. I have seen others, and then pour it into your glasses. I have seen others put the sugar and the cream in together, and then just, yeah, bring that up to the boil, let it, obviously the sugar dissolve, but then add the juice, and then it'll thicken up. But I've done it all in one, just let it reduce down a little bit. Not too far, though, but just a little, just so it'll like, it's like custard consistency or coat the back of a spoon. So this is the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed me reading out those recipes. <laughs> I certainly did. Um, this has been the Chef Tales podcast. Maddie Boy, Bombhead, MJPJ, Matthew John, Philip Jones. And this is, the, this is me over and out. Take care now. Peace.
Life is like a box of chocolates here in Chefburg. Ladle spoons, wooden spoons, it's a chef blur. He might make history. Some people would disagree. Chef tales, woohoo. Kitchens can be scary. You could slip on some dairy. Who oh, look there goes Mary Berry. Chef tales, woohoo. These are genuine real tales. None of them include a Gareth Bale. They are ooh, chef tales, woohoo. Every day he's making real chef tales, woohoo.